Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of our listeners wherever you are on the planet. This is World Smart, a podcast of the Aaron Fox Law Firm. We are your hosts and Aaron Fox International Practice Group co-chairs. I'm Hunter Carter. And I'm Malcolm McNeil, and we'll be talking with partners, other lawyers, special guests about topics of interest in the law of international business and international business. We are pleased to have with us today Christina Carvalho, who is our managing partner here at Aaron Fox. She's based in Washington, D.C., and Christina has had a long and illustrious career, uh, both as an IP lawyer and as a managing partner of a 430-plus lawyer law firm, which I think is where we stand these days. So I'd like to introduce you, and Christina, first of all, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Malcolm. Thank you for having me here. I think the best way, I didn't want to give you a long, drawn-out introduction because I think that your story is more interesting than us talking about it, and that's hearing directly from you. Everyone knows your experience and your knowledge and capabilities and the fact that we've recently been honored with a trademark award within the firm and within our group and you individually. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the IP world and the branding world and how that led to your becoming a managing partner of the firm. There are many, many years between each of the. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you <laughs> go. From, uh, from uh, becoming, from first working with trademarks and becoming a managing partner, several decades in, in between, I have to say. I actually stumbled upon the world of trademarks somewhat by accident. I was still a law student in Brazil. I went to law school in Rio de Janeiro. That's where I graduated from. And I was doing just uh, the regular internships and, uh, you know, just uh, generally start doing in the litigation departments of law firms. And that's what I had done for my first couple of years as a law student. And one of my classmates had gotten an internship at the Brazilian trademark office. And they were looking for other interns. And uh, she then said, are you interested in in an internship there? And I said, what are trademarks? (laughs) Because at the time in my law school, I remember having one class about trademarks and patents. Only one class, not one course, one class. And I said, sure, why not? It sounded interesting, and that's what I did. I I end up staying in that internship for over a year because I really fell in love with the subject. I thought it was interesting. I thought that the you know the trademarks were parts of day to day world. They were fun. They were something that I could see, right? I could touch products. I could see the trademarks. I could see advertisements, and the, you know, and I really enjoyed that subject. And once I graduated, I took my first job as a young associate with an IP firm, and I just did a career in trademarks. Um, At some point, I came to the United States to get a master's in intellectual property, and then got a job as an IP, first an IP specialist, and then an associate with a New York firm, then joined Aaron Fox, and, uh, you know, came up the ranks. There are several steps in between. I really had to kind of, you know, just put it together, like, uh, you know, a trajectory that really took me many, many years. 
Understood. Well, thank you. Uh, well, I guess the question is, or for me, even as a partner with you in the firm and working with you, how have you seen the IP world evolve to what we're talking about today, throwing around a, a term like brand management? Uh, has that evolved over the years? And if so, have you seen it change your practice? Yes. I think that trademark lawyers many years ago, they were asked to simply obtain registrations and register names or designs, and they were more the traditional kind of practice. And later, as I saw the, the, the function of the trademark lawyer evolve, they became more like that partner of uh, corporations and clients who would help in-house counsel and the businesses generally to identify brand assets and to help them build and enhance the value of assets for the corporation. You know, many trademark lawyers really interact very closely with the business people and marketing people and really, and, and, and some of them, in some instances, we really help them brainstorm how we can help enhance the value of a brand. Brand is, uh, has become much more than simply the trademark. It has become a really what companies stand for, right? Can, have become a message and have become a look and the personality of, the, of a corporation. And so the role of the trademark lawyer has really become a lot broader. And we need to think a lot more than uh, beyond simply filing an application to obtain the registration of a word or a design. Excellent. My illustrious uh, partner in this process, Hunter Carter, our international practice group co-chair based in New York. Hunter, do you have a follow-up that you'd like to ask on that? Hi, Malcolm. Hi, Christina. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's a great Thanks. conversation. You know, um, I've followed your career, of course, uh, for many years that we've been friends and partners as you rose rapidly through the ranks of the firm and then became managing partner. And, you know, as managing partner, you're implementing something that I think is quite innovative that we're all very excited about here in terms of business strategy for law firms and aligning that strategy with our clients, which is sort of an industry sector focus for our practices, not just thinking in terms of legal practice like litigation or M&A, but also industry sectors and industry focus. Tell us a little bit more about how that decision came about and, and how that's going. Uh, thank you for the question. It's very interesting. Now, we've firm leadership actually realized uh, recently that we do much more then, you know, just simply execute projects for clients and tasks and, and, and handle cases. We actually have traditionally the way that we, Aaron Fox Lawyers Practice, we are a very entrepreneurial bunch, as you both know very well. We really like the ability to partner with our clients and really understand our business. And then from that understanding, really craft solutions that make business sense, right? That's why many years ago, we adopted our slogan, Mark in Your World, because when we interviewed many of our clients, and one of the things that kept on coming back from the feedback was just like, look, from clients, I like working with Aaron Fox lawyers because you guys really understand my business. And when you give me your legal advice. It's legal advice that makes business sense that I can apply to my business. So the smart in your world means that we have a lot of depth and expertise in particular industries. We do soups to nuts, right? We do all sorts. We really 
have a multidisciplinary approach from transactional point of view to the litigation point of view to the regulatory point of view. So when we started looking at our list of clients, we realized that we have many clients concentrated in a number of industries and that we had in our ranks like a lot of depth and expertise in those particular industries. And the same applies to the IP group, right? So to give you an idea, we do a lot of work like brand management and brand portfolio management for major clients in the food and beverage space, in the fashion and retail, in the media and entertainment space, just to name a few. And by that, what I mean is that we not only do one piece, but we actually do 360 degrees. So just to, to by way of example, for particular clients in the food and beverage, we would assist them with the IP, with their IP needs, with the food and drug needs, with their commercial needs, with their litigation needs, and et cetera. So because of that, we <laughs> realized that we would be able to, to, to really uh, differentiate ourselves from the market if we just market ourselves in terms with an industry focus. And I think while, while many firms out there say, well, yes, we, we do a lot of work for companies in the, the industry, let's say in the media space or companies in the fashion industry, very few firms do 360 degree support for fashion companies or for food and beverage companies. And so that's how we decided then, if that's the truth, that we have such expertise and depth at Aaron Fox, that we should really make this, uh, formalize this uh, industry focus. And, and that's what we've been doing. And actually we've done, we put a lot of effort in the past year to on top of the traditional practice groups to really uh, formalize our industry expertise and industry focus. So now we have several ongoing industry focus groups that are multidisciplinary, uh, that have their own websites, their dedicated marketing support that put out a lot of content, uh, more than most firms out there. Uh, they have their own dedicated mailing lists and that's been very successful for us. I had a, a client uh, join a new company recently as their chief financial officer, and he asked what we did in the area of uh, financial technologies companies. It was easy for me to show him our fintech group, the lawyers in it, the different things that they do. So that's an example, I think, of how uh, increasing clients are looking to lawyers uh, for that. And I know we have very traditional groups like insurance, but some non-traditional groups, you have a great automotive practice and some cutting edge groups, uh, the cannabis group, for example, as well as sports. It, it's a very interesting mix altogether at the firm, but I must say that it's uh, it's fun as a lawyer to be focused on the groups that we're in and look at the client's uh, needs, you know, sort of holistically. Speaking of strategy and looking at things holistically as managing partner, you've got a lot of challenges facing you now and that you have been facing over the last year. You've had to be the managing partner of a law firm during COVID while the business had to make some very significant shifts. And, you know, tell us a little bit about what some of the priorities were that you had as a managing partner in, in making those decisions and 
a year on. How do you feel it's going? Yeah, interesting. I don't think anybody was prepared for that, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> and I think that if I if I had to tell you the the biggest challenge, I believe, for leadership, for me here in leadership, and I it probably for other managing partners, is really a couple things: is to have to make decisions with very little information because nobody really knew what was going on when the pandemic hit and what was going to happen. And second, to admit sometimes that you didn't have the answer to the questions. I think that for leadership in general, what we know is that the folks you're leading, they're looking to you to have some answers and to say, this is what's going to happen. This is the path forward. It's going to be bumpy, but we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and it's going to be okay. But many of us had to admit in many instances that right in the beginning of this, we just didn't have all the answers. It's not something that's easy to admit, but you know, that was the world we were living in back in March, 2020. And in the first couple of months, if anybody had told me back then that a year later, we would still be, be talking via Teams and Zoom and, uh, and, and not back in the office, I would say, what are you talking about? This is crazy, right? But still, here we are. I think that we had, back then, what, what was very important to us was to have the trust of the people. I'm happy to say that the confidence and the trust that the partners had in me and the rest of the, the firm's leadership was, was very humbling. And I appreciated it because it was something new and unique. And we had to, to be able to be nimble and pivot and make decisions quickly. And I remember like meeting on a, I think on a daily basis, like a executive committee and meeting on a daily basis to look at, at what was going on, to look at numbers, to look at what was going in the world with our clients and, and then having to make decisions. Some of them were harder than others, but they were decisions that had to be made and had to be made quickly with the, the little information we had. We were not alone. Everybody was going through this. And at the same time, on top of that, was also very important for us to acknowledge the stress the uncertainties that our folks were going through, right? I mean, there had to be an element of compassion there and, uh, you know, and sympathy. Some of our folks were having personal issues, had the family members were sick, fell sick themselves, you know, and, and we as leaders needed to understand that that was uh, hard. It was not only a matter of making economic decisions or just like for the survival of the farm, that several people were going through personal tragedies and, and personal hardships as well. So I'm happy to say that the legal industry being the resilient business that we are, I think that we all did very well. And I think that we as a firm, we did better than we ever thought we would do, given everything that, that happened. And uh, we are well positioned in 2021 to just continue the upward trajectory and through it all, I really, I think that the trust of the partnership really has been something that has kept us together and we have a very good, resilient culture. And I think that was important to keep us connected and to get us through everything. You had a lot of challenges with COVID, but what are your insights about where firms and our firm will go next in the next year? Lawyers like myself and Malcolm, international practice lawyers, I'm sure we all want to get out on the road and see our clients. And yet, I'm sure a lot of aspects of virtual practice will remain. What are, what are your insights? 
I think we are, we've all learned that we can do things differently, that we are going to achieve very similar results. It's just different. It's not better or worse. It's just different. I think that the way we market our services and we market ourselves uh, as a firm will change and has changed already. This is interesting because when we were talking about budgets, marketing budgets for 2021, and I heard the questions like, well, you know, if people are not going to be able to travel for half of the year, does it mean then that we are still not going to be spending the money. I said, no, we learn. We learn how to market in a different world. So I think, you know, we are probably not going to be spending the same dollars doing some of the same things we did pre-COVID, but we're going to spend doing something differently to achieve like the same results. So I think that even though like international lawyers cannot, are not going to be able to hop on a plane and travel as much, but you are going to be thinking of other ways to get your brand out there. An example that we did this year, there was something very different for us. It was extremely successful. It was the session we had with Malcolm Gladwell, right? We had never done anything like that. We had 4,000 people register for that session. No other conference we've ever put together has had that kind of response. That was something different, something unique, and something that I say it's quite successful uh, that we wouldn't have thought about doing pre-COVID. So that's what I think is going to happen. We're just going to do things differently, but still very effective in, in my view. I like to switch gears a little bit. By the way, just to let you know, Christine, I do know out of those 4,000 people, 128 actually registered thinking it was Malcolm McNeil that was speaking instead of Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> but but, I, but I'll, I'll leave that aside for the moment. But if they yes. known, we would have had 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, yeah. Christine. I just, I, I just, I, I, my, I had to do that since he's my namesake. Uh, I, I wanted to turn uh, a little bit back to the the practice and the IP practice. And clients do come to me asking me questions, especially international clients, on how best to market their products in the U.S. using social media. And and I become part of that team. I know what you're talking about. They were more involved with the with the folks. But I like your insight on how has social Social media had an impact on, let's say, your advice on IP and brand management, or has it just been, let's say, a continuation of the same advice, but with a different outlet for that uh, brand management? No, it, it is different. It is different because businesses have had to adapt to how they interact with their target consumer, right? I mean, several things happen with uh, with social media. One is, is, is the speed with which your brand moves around. It's something that wasn't there before. And it requires higher level of policing to make sure that the brand is being used uh, the way that you have, number one, some control, uh, because brands stand for something, right? It's a, it's a message that the, the owner, the company wants to, to pass to, to customers, and you want to have some control over that message. In, with social media, it makes it a little more difficult. Uh, so it requires a, a higher level of policing activity for brand owners and for us assisting uh, brand owners. 
And also, I think nowadays, you know, the level of interaction and uh, sometimes uh, given the speed, the loss of control over, uh, you know, how the public interacts may have some consequences, too, on the reputation and unintended consequences, right, on on the reputation uh, of the brand. So you want to be really careful. So I would say that social media presents great opportunities for brand owners because it really it's an easy way for you to get your products, your brands out there faster and in the hands of more people, right? As opposed to just putting on the shelves on the brick and mortar place. So those are good opportunities, but also a lot of challenges because there is some level of uh, loss of control there because of the speed and how People just push it out and, you know, just multiplies exponentially. So that's a little different. And for the services that we provide, it means that we have to, when you're speaking about nimble in the context of COVID, we have to be nimble and efficient and quick in our responses to clients. I found that clients seem to be more eager for more immediate responses these days than they they have in years past. Is that your experience? Yes, but it's easy to understand why, because if you find like, let's say, if you find an objectionable use of your brand on the internet, on social media, or you find an infringement, if you don't act quickly, the ability for that to, you know, to multiply and for you to lose control is, is higher, I would think, than in the past where somebody would tell you, look, I found Joe Small with that retail on such and such address. They are infringing your trademark. You had more time to act. So absolutely. Earlier, we, we I mentioned briefly that we had recently gotten a prestigious award, a trademark award for our group. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yes, our trademark practice was ranked amongst the world's leading trademark practice in the world by the World Trademark Review. That is a publication and uh, it's uh, rankings and it publishes uh, not only articles about trademarks, but it it publishes rankings of uh, firms and practitioners all over the world. uh, They they really rank all uh, global practitioners. And uh, we were very fortunate to have been for several years now, we've uh, we've been uh, listed and ranked by the World Trademark Review as uh, as having one of the leading global trademark practices, and several of our lawyers mm-hmm. are also uh, ranked uh, amongst the top trademark lawyers in, in the world. And what's great about it is that the rankings reflect not only the depth of expertise and the market presence, but also it reflects positive peer and client feedback, which is the best you can have when your clients and your colleagues all over the world are saying good things about the firm and about our practice and our lawyers. We've also been very lucky that the trademark practice has been ranked by Chambers, by Legal 500, by U.S. News and World Report and and by managing intellectual property, which is a, another ranking system out there. So it's a you know it's a it's a group I'm very proud of, not only because I am part of it, but uh, it's uh, you know it's quite impressive. We have about forty 
lawyers and professionals in the trademark group. And uh, we do everything from the counseling all the way to transactional litigation, uh, protection, uh, you name it. It's uh, it's one of uh, the core practice here uh, at the firm. And I'm very proud of it. Well, congratulations on the award. It, it benefits all of us, but you do deserve the a, a special distinction to the group for Thank bringing you. that award to the firm. I think that we're beyond the time that we were going to uh, drag you out of your other important business as a managing partner. So Thank what you. I'll do is I'll ask uh, Hunter if he wanted to ask a, a one more question, perhaps, and then we will let you go. And we could probably go on for another half an hour or so without uh, any effort. So Hunter, why don't you close if there's anything you'd like to ask in the conclusion. I know that's a special privilege to try to put your managing partner on the spot and ask a question, but really, uh, <laughs> what do you think, how do you attribute the fact that, or to what do you attribute the fact that the two top leaders of our firm are you and Tony Lupo, two trademark lawyers, two relatively young lawyers, two lawyers who really leapfrogged into the partnership a little faster than the usual associate promotions. And now here you are, the chairman and, and the managing partner of the firm. Uh, what, what do you think accounts for that, the trademark powerful duo there? That's interesting question. First of all, I love when you said young partners. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I, I cannot uh, think of another general practice firm in the United States of Indian Law 200, at least, that had that had a managing partner who was an IP lawyer, let alone two like managing partner and a chair who are both IP lawyers. Um, as I said, I mean, our trademark uh, group has always been one of the core groups here at the firm. Ever since I joined, I've been here for uh, over 24 years. I think Tony has been almost the same amount of uh, time here. Um, and and one of the, the nice things about uh, trademarks, I have to say that, is uh, the work we do gives us the ability to get deep into the business, right? We interact with so many aspects of the business, like marketing, finance. Uh, we get all the way to the board because even the board and CEOs and presidents of corporations, they care deeply about their, some of them call them crown jewels, right? The brands. And, you know, and, and, Lawyers, trademark lawyers have the ability to forge those relationships that then generates business for the firm much beyond trademarks. So our trademark partners here have been very successful expanding the trademark work for the clients into other areas of the firm. My clients here, they, they've started trademark clients. They use folks, not of course in patents, but in litigation, in FDA, in, uh, in corporate, uh, in real estate, uh, you name it, all sorts of areas. Uh, Tony has mentioned himself that last year he had 260 timekeepers touch his clients across the firm. So it gives us the ability to also meet everybody around the firm and work with everybody. So at the end of the day, I know we are technically within the trademark group, but we are really Aaron Fox partners and lawyers who work across all disciplines, across all groups. And that goes to, again, to the very beginning of the conversation. We are a bunch of entrepreneurial people, right? And uh, we it doesn't really matter which group you sit in. The focus is multidisciplinary, it's collaboration, it's cross 
practice. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But it is a curiosity. It's more of a curiosity than anything else, I would say. I have one other question, which I know is important to you, the subject of diversity. And one of the big challenges you had during COVID was to see the firm improve its response, um, uh, especially after the Black Lives Matters protests erupted and the opening of our Center for Racial Equality. Um, but you yourself reflect kind of a pioneering choice by our law firm to place a Latina in the senior managing partner role. And uh, what what has it been like for you? Do you have you felt a little unique or lonely, or or how has it felt to be uh, one of the first people to be given that? kind of prestige and responsibility? I felt very honored and I knew the significance of that for the legal industry, for Aaron Fox. And generally speaking, I don't, I think I'm the only Latina who manages an MLAW 200 firm. Nobody has ever been able to point me to another one. So I think, I think this is it. So I knew the significance of that and I felt very honored by the confidence and all that. Did I feel lonely? No. Was I surprised that Aaron Fox would do something like that? No. Because this is a firm that anything is possible. I always felt this way from the very first interview I had here. I still remember the folks I interviewed with, and I still remember the feeling I had after I left that interview that day where I said, I don't even want to interview anywhere else anymore because this is the place I want to be. And, you know, and I always felt embraced. I always felt like my background, where I came from, my accent, my name uh, doesn't never matter. Right. What matters is what you're bringing to the firm, to your contributions to the firm and your interactions with your partners, how you interact with your partners. That's always what matters here. Uh, I've always been very proud of this firm. I've never considered <laughs> any other firm. It's, uh, you know, I still feel the same way that I felt when I joined. So. Going back, yes, I knew it was an honor and it was significant, but it, I wasn't surprised that Aaron Fox would do something like that. I think it, it's also a testament to the fact that, yes, even despite our uh, challenges in COVID that everyone shared, uh, basically everyone shared those challenges worldwide in one way or another. But the fact is that you were capable of navigating the firm through it and at the same time introducing new initiatives. And those, we weren't on the defense of the entire time. And I think that's part of the reason uh, that we haven't had a chance to talk about it, but I'll make a personal statement. And that is that um, I think that's part of the reason why the partners in the firm had full confidence because we were not just, as I say, hiding behind a wall trying to decide what to do, but we're actually out there actively engaging. And uh, I think that's one of the best. That's why we can, maybe it's the entrepreneurial spirit that uh, makes sure that even in those challenges, we're out there looking for other opportunities and other ways to, to make a footprint. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is why I'm confident that we're going to be just fine. We're going to be more than fine, actually. We'll, you know, we'll thrive. That's well, I've been around 31 years and the firm has never been better. And it's a combination of great clients and uh, expanding opportunities. You've opened this group, Aaron Fox International, a multidisciplinary group and with an incredible reach for the firm through three co-chairs to the whole planet. We've achieved a lot of things, improving uh, what we need to improve, but maybe needing to go even further in terms of diversity. And so I'm excited for what uh, what is coming ahead, but also very, very proud to see how strong we are 
as of today. Malcolm, I think that's all the time we have today, but Christina, thank you very I much see. for spending well, it thank with Thank you, us. guys. Thank you for the invitation. That's that's great. I'm pleased to have had the chance to do that. Well, it was great to have this, this experience with you, Christina. Okay, so with that, I will say thank you all for listening. As I indicated earlier, this is known as World Smart, which is the international group's podcast for the Aaron Fox International Group, uh, and our firm motto is Smart in Your World. Thank you all for attending and listening. Thank